Christian church, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. I want to talk to you today about destination to restoration. Amen. A lot of times we start off like this. You know, we start off all shiny. You know, as kids, all kids are innocent. You know, there's no such thing as bad kids. Bad kids don't exist. There's a such thing as bad parenting, but there's no such thing as bad kids. Amen? And, and I hear sometimes uh, parents will say, oh, the, my kids are bad. No, no, no. You're bad. You're bad with your parenting. You know, and, and same thing with dogs. There's no such thing as bad dogs. It's bad uh, uh, pet owners, amen? They, there's something that they're allowing the pet to do that they shouldn't. There's a negligence. There's something is in the error. And if you ever seen that show, Super Nanny, Super Nanny, when, she, when there's problematic kids, the Super Nanny bypasses the kids and goes straight to the parents, amen? So we all start off shiny and new, and then by the time we get a job, by the time we go to high school, by the time we get that employer, by the time we start dealing with the uh, public, amen, by the time we start getting customers and patients, and we, we start off like that, amen, but by the time the world hits us, by the time life hits us, we end up looking like that. But I want to talk to you today about destination to restoration. No matter how beat up you are, no matter how stressed up, dented up, clogged up, not functioning properly, God a destination to restoration. He is able to take you back to mint condition. How do I know that? Because he did it to me. I started off innocent and I went dark side. I was bold for the devil. Didn't know I was bold for the devil, but I was bold. Amen? But God restored me back. I went eight years without crying. That's not good. That's how hard my heart was. I was full of hatred. I was full of greed, jealousy. Just a black heart. Didn't cry for eight plus years. That's not good. Just from the pain of life, the rejection of family, being made fun of in school, picked on, beat up, jumped. Came home for family, for nurturing after I got jumped, and they blamed me. What did you do? Those things will weigh on you. And my heart got hard. But through experiencing a walk with Jesus, he restored my heart so that when I saw the Shrek movie, I cried during the Shrek movie. People didn't understand a, a giant. He just didn't fit in. And I actually cried during the Shrek movie. You see, because God is able to restore us back to a place of innocence. Amen. Not, he's able to restore your finances. He's able to restore your wealth that was taken from you, that you squandered or unjustly it was taken from you. He's able to restore it. 
Job was an extremely wealthy, rich man. And he lost everything. And God restored. Not only did he restore everything that he lost, he doubled what he had. That is the God that we serve. That is the God of the Bible. There is a destination for restoration. He's able to restore relationships that you have totally given up on. People that you saw no hope, no future, he is able to restore. Why am I saying these things? Because I've experienced these things at the hand of God. I've saw the divine intervention of God taking me on a destination to restoration. God wants us to prepare our vehicle for the destination. I want to take it down to a simple level. How many of you own vehicles by a show of hands? That little girl don't own a vehicle? I thought she had a Cadillac at least. You better up your game, little girl. A Beamer or something. Okay, I can work with that. She's got a Hot Wheel. You better prepare that Hot Wheel for that debt. Don't be riding around in a dirty Hot Wheel. Now, let's be honest. Let's be serious. When you are getting ready to pick someone up from the airport, right? When you get ready to pick someone up from an airport, it could be someone you want to impress or a family member you haven't seen. How many want to pick them up in your vehicle with McDonald's bags all, all thrown all over the car, old French fries, 10 years old, uh, you know, sitting on the, uh, the, the, uh, the passenger side and uh, crushed up hands and, you know, you want to pick them up. And How many want to get in a car like that anyhow? Before you get in the car and pick someone up, when you're getting ready to take someone else to a destination, how many get your car right? How many go and take your car to a car wash? How many, when you're getting ready to go on a trip, before you go on a trip, if you, even if you're going to go out to Amish country or you're going to go on a little mini vacation in your car, how many go and walk around your car and check the air pressure of your tires before you go? How many make sure that your oil has been changed before you go on a long drive? How many make sure that your car is functioning properly before you even get in the vehicle to go into the destination? Don't you think that God wants to clean up our vehicle before before he even starts our destination? Don't you think that God wants us in our best operating situation? He'll come into your life and he'll clean up them old McDonald's bags. He'll detail your car and restore it back to mint condition. I want to talk to you today about destination to restoration. God wants to prepare our vehicle for the destination. When this became known to the Jews and the Greeks living in Ephesus, they were all seized with fear 
And the name of the Lord was held in high honor, and many of them who believed now came openly, confessed what they had done. A number of them practiced sorcery and brought their scrolls or their books together and burned them publicly. When they calculated the value of the scrolls, they total came to 50,000 dramakas in the way the word of the Lord spread widely and grew in power. So the context of this scripture is there were two vagabond Jews that were trying to cast out demons. They were ill-prepared and not being led by God, being led by their flesh, and the demons attacked them, and it caused a fear of the Lord when they received the attack. It caused fear amongst the people to realize that they needed to get right with God, at least something like that came upon them. And so these people that had all this sorcery, this witchcraft, this all these books that were unbiblical and ungodly, it when they saw the attack of the enemy, they knew that they had to prepare their own vehicle so they can go on the destination that God had for them. Do you see, when I first became a Christian, I had to clean out house. You see, when you become a brand new born again Christian, there are some items that you might not be aware of that you need to get rid of in your house. And I'm talking about myself. When I first became a Christian, there was a lot of stuff that I had that I didn't know was demonic. There was a lot of books that I had that were uh, bringing curses if I read them and around other people. I just, they didn't have no place in a saint's house. And it, the Bible says that it was worth a certain amount of drachmas. Why is that? Because they were saying that these people might have had uh, books of sorcery and books of witchcraft and all types of stuff. They, it might have been family urns. It might have been passed down. It might have had sentimental value. But when you have a fear of the Lord, you're willing to get rid of the garbage that is not drawing you closer to God. If anything hindering you, you have to make a choice. And I got to tell you, when I got filled with the Holy Spirit, I was excited to clean house. And my own house, when I first got saved, I, I went in and I saw a voodoo mask. A voodoo mask that came from New Orleans. And I looked at it and I said, you got to go. You've been here long enough. And I took that voodoo mask and it went straight in the trash. I saw this alligator head. I'm like, man, that thing just looks, what, what do I need a head of an alligator in my house? It ain't like I'm praying in tongues and praising God. Hallelujah, thank you, Jesus. And I just rubbed the teeth of the alligator for good luck. No, you got to go. Get out of here, alligator. And I threw it in the trash. I had to get rid of dream catchers. Huh? I had to get rid of all types of uh, books and uh, all kinds of wicked stuff that was anti-biblical. Get rid of it. See, in order for you to even start, 
in order for you to even start the destination for restoration, you have to clean house. Ask the Lord, Lord, what is it in my life that is not of you? What is it in my life that is not biblical? What is it in my life that is drawing me away from the word of God? And I got to tell you, whatever you give up for God, he'll replace it tenfold. And I don't mean when you get rid of the alligator heads, 10 more alligator heads are coming back. But these folks, when they saw the power of God and they saw what the enemy had access to, you see, there are some things that there's some trash in our lives, trash in our house that gives the devil access to us that we have the power of God to get rid of on our own. Now, see, with the alligator head and the voodoo mask and the dream catchers and, and all the uh, uh, stuff that's not biblical, I don't have to go through the whole list. You know it ain't biblical. I didn't pray. I didn't go to the alligator head and get down on my hands and knees and fast for 10 months and, and say, Lord, if it be your will, remove this alligator head. I don't know how you're going to do it, but do it, Lord. No, I simply walked over to it and threw it in the trash with the least amount of energy and effort. Amen. So God wants to prepare our vehicle for the destination for restoration. Let the church say. Amen. Amen. And, and here's the thing, folks. If you don't want a clean house, if you're not willing to let go. If you want to hold on to some of the stuff that's anti-biblical, go ahead. But know that there are consequences that come with it. Know that it's going to hinder your restoration. Amen? Even when we're blatantly wrong, when we turn to Jesus, he can restore us. I have a certain family member, I don't want to put this person out and throw them under the bus, but there was a certain family member that questioned my intentions for keeping all the old size clothes that didn't fit me. And I'm talking about we weren't even in the ballpark of going into some of this old clothes. I'm talking about it didn't work. And this person would always say, why are you holding on to this stuff? Just get rid of it. You ain't never going to fit back in that old stuff that you ain't even worn in 10 years. And you're still holding on to it. And I kept the faith. And I'm talking about when I tried to put button up some of these suits, it was the, like the pants even. I'm talking about it was like 12 inches away from connected. I'm not talking about in the ballpark. I'm not talking about another inch. I'm talking about it was in the miracle realm that it was not going to fit. And they're like, just give it away. You're holding on to all this stuff. You're not going to go back to that old shape. And I said, you never know. And I'm talking about here's my two buttons on my pants. They were like this. And we laughed. The other person laughed a little harder but I laughed too. And guess what? I prayed and I said, God, help me to lose weight. 
And I lost maybe 35, 38 pounds. Right? And now I'm putting on clothes that I have not been able to wear for 10 years. And I, I prayed. I said, God, I, I, look, look, I was blatantly wrong. I knew that Haagen-Dazs was not going to take me to my destination. I knew those Doritos weren't taking me on the right road. I knew that Big Mac wasn't going to get me there. I knew that Taco Bell wasn't going to take me. And when I went to eat that Taco Bell, I kept hearing recalculating, recalculating. I was getting farther and farther away from my destination to restoration, but I didn't care. Sometimes we're blatantly wrong. We know it ain't right, but we keep going there because for something our flesh likes it. Mm. I didn't even want, you know what, one time, I just thought of for fun, for giggles, how many calories come out of a thing of Haagen-Dazs ice cream? And I started looking at that little pint. First of all, I think, if I'm not mistaken, it said like four servings. A little tiny thing of ice cream, four servings? What? It was like a million calories. And I purposely didn't want to see it. Blatantly wrong. How many calories are in one Dorito? I didn't, I didn't want to see it. I was blatantly wrong. And in the same way, sometimes folks got some stuff in their life that they know shouldn't be going on. But here's the thing. Even then, even then, blatantly wrong. When we turn to Jesus, he can restore us. The same way God restored me back to clothes from 10 years ago. People had given up that I would never be able to fit in them jeans ever again. <laughs> you see that? God was able to restore me back to a shape that I thought died. Do you know that God has a spiritual shape? A spiritual innocence that he is able to restore you back. A place before you were wounded. A place before you were hurt. A place before anger. A place before hopelessness. He's able to restore us back when we repent and turn back to Jesus. And Joel 2.25, it says, I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten, the canker worm, the caterpillar, the palm worm, and my great army which I sent among you, and ye shall eat in plenty and be satisfied and praise the name of the Lord your God that have dwelt dealt wondrously with you and my people shall never be ashamed and you shall know that I am in the midst of Israel and that I am the Lord your God and none else and my people shall never be ashamed. See, a lot of times we started off with a proper walk with God and through a process of time we start to turn back on God and we don't pray in public the way we could or we should or the way that we used to and and there was a time where we used to do these things and we start to go away. 
You see, especially right now in 2020, a lot of people, they used to go to church all the time. I, I have experienced people in God, anointed people in God. They were Christians longer than me, serving God double the amount of time, and they're telling me, yeah, I haven't been in church for years. Since the COVID, I, I gave up on coming together, and now it's hard for me to get back to the place where I used to. And God has a destination of restoration. He knows how to put us back on track so that we can receive that total restoration. When we realize we can't keep going on without the help of Jesus, we are ready for restoration. You see that? I, I give all of you credit for being here right now. There's something inside of you that knows that you know that you know that you can't you cannot keep going on without the help of Jesus. That if it was not for his hand in and on your life, you would not be here today. That you need him to wake you up every day. You need his hand of protection on your life. You need his comfort to mend the wounds that you've gone through. You need his hand. You know it. And some folks out there, they're still good. They're still good. They still feel that they can keep on. Some people are really not good. They've tricked themselves. They've deceived themselves into thinking that they don't need the help of Jesus, that they're strong enough on their own. They're tough enough on their own. they got enough resources on their own. They're independent on their own. I don't need the church. I don't need a pastor. I don't need to be worshiping in a building. We are the building. Blah, 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 blah. Blah, 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 blah. And I say to you, do your thing. Do it. But when the pain gets great enough, when the fire gets tough enough, and all hell breaks loose, I'll be right here. I'll reserve a seat for you when you're ready to get on that destination for restoration. We'll be here waiting. We ain't going nowhere. Not everyone's ready yet. But believe me, believe me, life can be very hard. Very, very. I don't care if you live the most sheltered, alienated, live under the bunk of your bed. Life can get hard. Even under your bed, life can get hard. Try to avoid all life. I don't, I don't, I don't talk to anyone. I don't go out. I don't leave the house. I, I don't fellowship. I just don't want no part of people. I live on top of the mountain. Miles away from society. It'll get rough over there. God has a way of shaking things up. So that we realize that we need his help. I recognize today, I need God's help just as much today as the very day that I got saved. If anything else, I recognize I need him even more. 
Things ain't getting any easier out there. In Luke 17, 11, it says, Now on his way to Jerusalem, Jesus traveled among the borders between Samaria and Galilee, and he was going into a village, ten men who had leprosy to meet him. They stood at a distance and called out in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. And I think about it, what is it about their disposition that caused them to start their destination? What is it? Was it their pride? Do you know pride will take you away from the destination? The Bible says God resists the proud. You can't even start your destination if you're full of pride, if you're full of arrogance, and you can't be told nothing, and you know it, you have a know-it-all spirit. That will take you away from the destination to restoration. But there was something about these lepers. They knew that they needed Jesus. There was in their pain, in their rejection, in their suffering, in their loneliness. It manifested a humility. It manifested a desperation. Can I tell you, in your beginning of your destination, it often starts with desperation. It's in your desperation that you start to seek the proper destination. When you're not desperate enough, you don't even begin. You feel no need. But these lepers were tired. They knew they couldn't keep going on like that. They knew they couldn't make it on the road that they were going on. They knew they absolutely needed to be restored. Is there anything in your life that you feel that you need to be restored? You're tired of things going on the way that they are. You can't take it anymore. You're aggravated. You're stressed out. You're frustrated. You don't want to keep going on this road. You're desperate enough. These lepers were there. They didn't care what other people thought about them. You see, when you're really on the right destination, you don't look to the left, you don't look to the right. You're not, before they cried out to a, a, with a loud voice, they didn't go and ask other people's approval. Well, do you think it's okay if we cry out with a loud voice? They didn't care. They didn't look for a survey. They weren't trying to be trendy. They didn't try to get their hair all proper and pretty. And No. When you're really on that destination for restoration, nothing and nobody can stop you. Nothing. I told all of my employers when I became a Christian and filled with the Holy Spirit, I told them I will never miss church. I'll I told them at the interview. Interview. View. And then they tried to pop it back up and say, well, we're going to need you to work on Sunday. And I said, nope. 
It's for the betterment of society that I don't miss church. And you as my employer don't want me to miss church. I might backslide. If I backslide, your business is going under. I will rob you so blind, you'll be like Ray Charles by the time I get done with you. The building won't be there. You don't want me to miss church. I said that publicly. And there was a patient in the store that lifted up her, her hands in the air and she said, Hallelujah. You see, God will have a witness. When you're on that right destination for restoration, nothing and nobody can stop you. You see, if you have to beg people to go to church, if you have to bribe them to come, they're not on the right destination. They're not desperate enough. They haven't suffered enough. They haven't had enough wounds and struggles and, you know, just let let life have at you. Let the devil. Why did those... Those folks run to Jesus. Why did they burn their books of witchcraft and all that sorcery and the cult books? Why did they burn it? No one had to tell them to burn them. They they had to burn them. They had to. Why? Because they didn't want no part of that demon jumping on them. Does anyone want no part of the devil jumping on you? Have you already been jumped on enough? Have you already been terrorized enough? Have you been aggravated enough? Then I got just a solution for you. Do I sound like an infomercial? That's my goal. (laughs) Sham wow. It's better than that. It'll clean you up and restore you like never before. And not just that. There's more. If you act now, <laughs> as he was going into the village, ten men who had leprosy meet him. They didn't have a board meeting. They stood at a distance and called in a loud voice, Jesus, Master, have pity on us. It was at that point that they started their destination to restoration. But the thing that I appreciate is this was not a long out journey. They didn't travel around the world. They didn't go to Israel to the wailing wall and put their prayers inside the bricks. I don't got anything. You could do it. But not every destination to restoration has to take 100 years. Sometimes the destination to restoration is about 30 feet away. Crying at the pulpit. When he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priest. I can see today, someone coming to you with all their problems and all their worries, and you tell them, go see the pastor. Go to church. And I could see them arrogantly, arrogantly. I'm a man just like he is. We got the church inside. We don't need to go to a building. 
then don't. Meet outside in the woods like a cult. I don't care. Pat, <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> <sighs> sounds like you need a little restoration. I do. <laughs> when he saw them, he said, go show yourself to the priests. And as they went, in other words, as they obeyed the word of God, as they obeyed Jesus, they were cleansed. Just like that, immediately. Jesus gives us natural restoration to draw us into a relationship for spiritual restoration. See, just the fact that God has the power to give you natural rest and restoration, that doesn't mean that he's done with you. A lot of times God will use a natural restoration to lure you, to draw you into his ultimate goal, which is spiritual restoration. It's not just to solve all your problems, not just to take away the leprosy, not just to take away the pain, not just to heal you, not just to deliver you, not just to set you free, not to give you peace and joy, not just all that. Those things are natural restorations to lure you to the ultimate goal, which is salvation for your soul, that when you die, you escape the gates of hell and a Eternity in heaven will have a name written in the book of life, and you'll see your name. Jesus gives us natural restoration to draw us into a relationship for spiritual restoration. God can heal you of cancer. He can heal you from COVID-19, COVID-20, COVID-21. Every variant that's known to mankind. The variant of Kellogg's, variant of Fruit Loops, the variant of Lucky Charm, whatever. He can heal you of every variant that's come out. He can do it. I watched him do it. He... he he healed me of mental illness, physical illness, of all types of addictions that I was bound and struggling with. God restored me. I tried to do it on my own without the help of Jesus, and I failed. I didn't use psychology. I didn't use doctors. I didn't use medication. I didn't use therapeutic programs and treatment centers and counselors. I didn't use any of that. God didn't send me on that destination. He sent me on a narrow road specifically to receive restoration at the name of Jesus. And I received it. I'm here to tell you about it. In Luke 17, 15, it says, One of them, when he saw he was healed, came back praising God in a loud voice. Look, they all saw that they were healed. It like, like only one noticed that they were healed. They all noticed that they were healed, but only one had a destination for total restoration. 
They all received a natural healing. Some people, they only go to God for natural things. They don't really want a relationship with Jesus. They want God to solve their problems. They want God like a genie in a lamp where you rub them and you get your three wishes. And once those three wishes are up, thanks, peace out. I don't need you anymore. But God has more than that for you. He actually has a restoration of mind. A restoration of heart. But some folks don't want that. They only want a restoration in the natural. Which is why out of ten, out of ten, this is a reflection of what has taken place today. Out of ten of them, only one of them desired a total restoration. A lot of folks now, they everybody, 100% of them wanted the natural restoration. But only one out of ten had a change of heart, a change of mind. Do you see that? Jesus asked, we're not all ten cleansed? If you had some type of tumor a brain tumor that was threatening your life, and there were 10 people with 10 brain tumors that were threatening their life, and they went to Metro, and they saw the brain surgeon, and the brain surgeon removed the tumor that was threatening their life, would not all 10 people thank the doctor? A lot of times we're more prone to thank people more than thank God. We're not all ten cleansed. Where are the other nine? Has no one returned? To give God praise, except this foreigner. Then he said to him, Rise and go. Your faith has made you whole. See, a lot of folks, they have a genuine, real experience with God. And in that genuine, real experience for God, they misinterpret that as an approval for them to live outside of the Word of God. And they allow themselves to do whatever they want, and they feel that they have an authority on God because they received a natural miracle from God. They know it was genuine. Nobody can debate it. Nobody can argue it. But just because you had a touch from God, does that mean you have the approval of every area of your life? No, that just means that you had a touch from God and a natural restoration. That doesn't mean that God is done with you. It only means that you're just getting started. Just getting started. And it takes humility. You see, the other nine, they might have been too proud. It took him humility to go back. 
We need a restored mindset of what's truly important in life. It is so easy for us to get distracted and, 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 and prioritize things that really don't matter. You know what the number one most important thing of your life is? Is your relationship with Jesus. That's the most important thing. Everything else outside of that is secondary. After you get your relationship restored back to Jesus, after that, Jesus is concerned about your relationships with your loved ones, your family, with your church, with your brothers and sisters, and then so forth. In Psalms 51.12, it says, Restore unto me the joy of thy salvation. And uphold me with a free spirit. The interest, interesting thing about this scripture right here that I've never seen before is that it's saying, restore unto me the joy of salvation, which means we, at one time, at one point in time of our life, we initially had a joy of salvation. At one point in time, we were excited about the things of God. At one point in time, we were excited about church. At one point in time, we could not wait to get to church. And through whatever reason, we lose that joy of our salvation. Do you know that the devil wants to take away your joy? The Bible says the joy of the Lord is your strength. For nothing else, if everything else in your life is not going right, just the fact alone that you are saved, that heaven is your home, that when you die, when you die, God has a mansion and a glorified body waiting for you in heaven when you die. That death can't hold you back. That we're not like them that die with no hope. Our hope is not in this life. Our hope is in eternal life. And that no matter how many trivial things take place in this earth, it cannot take away what should be your only joy or your true joy, your untouchable joy, which is the joy of your salvation. Hey, do you need to be restored back to your joy of salvation? I know, folks, when you first get saved, I remember when I first got saved, I, I literally was walking around with smiles from ear to ear. I looked goofy. I would, when I first got saved and all the, 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 the pressure of all the sins that I committed, weight and the guilt and the shame and the self-condemnation and all the, the, the oppression that I was going through. When I got saved and God lifted all that up and God showed me that he loved me and that he set me free, the, the freedom of that, the joy that came with that. I had more joy than I had. When I first got saved, I had nothing. I had no license, no house, no car, no job, no college education. I, I didn't even have a high school diploma. I literally had nothing but a bad record. And even then, I was so full of joy when I got saved. 
I had more joy just from salvation alone than millionaires and people with all the wealth and riches and they were free and they had all this stuff and I had more joy. They walked around miserable. And I'm not saying any of those things. God can give you all those things. But if you can't have joy with him alone, you can't have joy with all those things. Anyone ever have their heart set on a new car? And then you got the new car and it was exciting for like a week or two. And then after a week or two, you're like, eh. And then after a year, you're like, ugh. Two years, you're like, whatever. You start kicking it. That, that's the way everything is. Your goal could be to be a millionaire. And you think, oh, all, you, you know, once you become a millionaire, you're going to be so happy and er everyone's just going to be throwing parades on your behalf and everyone's going to love you. And then you become a millionaire. You find out people are backstabbers, turning back on you, talking about you like a dog, jealous. And you got more enemies now, the more successful you get than you, than you had before. You can't trust anyone. But you always got the joy of salvation to fall back on. God has created, God has many creative ways to restore us to bring glory to Jesus. Amen. God has many creative ways to restore us and bring glory to Jesus. Uh, yesterday, me and my wife, we watched uh, a movie at Strongsville Mall at the movie theater. It was called, um, what was it? Something, it wasn't Father. It was something, uh, fa something about fathers. Hold up. Show me the father. I had to look at my notes. I ain't looked at them in a while. Let me knock the dust off of them. Okay. Let me look at my notes. I can't even see that close. Hold up. Okay. Okay, so we watched this movie called Show Me the Father, and there was an NFL coach called uh, Sherman Smith. Anybody know Sherman Smith? So he was an NFL coach, and he was from, I think, Youngstown, Ohio. Was that right? Youngstown, Ohio. He grew up in Youngstown, Ohio, and he made it all the way to an NFL football coach. And for whatever reason, he went back to Youngstown High School and scouted out a football player that had potential. And, and, and he brought this person over to this football camp, and, and, and he was looking for them to play either in a, I think, a college league, going from high school to um, college. He scouted this guy out, brought him to this prestigious college football team, and he started fathering this kid, this kid that he scouted had no father. He never knew who his father was. And this guy that he didn't know, a random guy, that the coach didn't know him other than he was looking for someone to kind of scout in football and kind of give him a father figure. They just happened to gravitate to it. And the coach was from another state. You understand? And he fathers this guy as a friend and a father and he nurtures him and he just shows him all this love and then finally the the coach had to go to another team he they had to separate and the guy was saying well the guy he he treated me with so much love and he didn't just abandon the way he left he left in a good way well this 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 guy the student he ended up making it to the nfl 
right? He made it to the NFL, and then he ended up getting a, a knee, and he did great. He did really good. And he attributed this, this coach that he didn't know, that, who kept speaking life into him, saying that you're going to be successful, you're going to be great, you're powerful. And he loved him, and he fathered him. This whole entire movie was about fathers. You see, because this day and age, the title father has gone through so much trash and so much uh, defame that they demonize men. They demonize proper fathers. They either make them like a bumbling fool like Al Bundy, or they make them where he's incompetent or they make them where he's abusive. They don't make like a healthy, nurturing, biblical, heavenly father role. You don't see that anymore. And so a lot of times when people connect uh, God, the father in heaven, they connect it through the lens of their failed earthly father, and they look at all the damage that was done by their earthly father, how they weren't there for them, how they abused them and neglect them, and they look at God through the lens of their natural father which is not who he is. He's a perfect father. He's a loving father. He's a provider. He's a healer. And so this whole movie was about, it wasn't even a movie, it was actually a documentary of real stories of fathers loving their kids. And a lot of times when we don't have a proper relationship with our natural father, it reflects all of our relationships with everyone else. And so this football player, this young student who makes it in the NFL, he gets wounded on his knee, and he has to do like an ACL surgery, and he can't get back to his position, but then he gets opened a position as a, a coach, a prestigious coach, high-paying job. And then he starts to look for his, his real mother because he knows that he was adopted. He finds out his real mother uh, gave him up in adoption when he was 16 years old because she didn't have the money and the resources to take care of him, so she adopted, she gave him up for adoption. And he finds out who his real mother is. And then as he asked his mother, well, who's my real father? And she says the name, and it was the same coach that has been nurturing him this whole time. And he said, well, does he know that he's my father? And the mom said, I never told him. I never told him that I was pregnant. And I never told him that I gave you up for adoption. He had no idea that he even had any baby at all. Do you see, God has so many creative ways to bring forth restoration to give God the glory. And I'm sitting here watching this movie, and my sermon is about destination to restoration. See, God can put you on paths that you know that you know that it was God that put you on this destination because he had an intention to restore. And so finally, the, 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 they know each other. And he tells his mom, he said, he said, you're not going to believe this. He said, this has been my coach. I know him. So then he calls up his coach Smith and says, Coach Smith, I need you to sit down. You're my dad. Do you know so-and-so? He said, yeah. 
Now, granted, they fornicated. They weren't married. If they had been married and done things the proper way, all that wouldn't unfold. But you see, even in our blatant mistakes, God has a way to get us back on this destination for restoration. In Mark 8.22, it says, They came to Bathsheba, and some people brought a blind man and begged Jesus to touch him. And he took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. And when he had spit on the eyes of the man. Do you see that? Jesus took someone that was blind and he spit in his eyes. Now, folks, I work with an eye doctor. That's what I do for a living. I'm a licensed optician. Me and my wife, we run an optical shop. And I got to tell you, I've I've, we've taken care of blind people, and I've never once seen the doctor spit in the face of a handicapped person. They kind of give them a little more dignity, and they put a pair of Ray-Bans on them with the proper kind of cool tint, and they adjust the earpieces. I've never seen anyone spit on the face. And I thought to myself, why, Jesus, would you spit in the eyes of a blind man? And God showed me that the, 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 the football player, the football player and the coach they wanted to make sure that they were actually really father and son. The coach wanted a DNA test. And the way that they did a DNA test was through saliva. They swapped the spit of both of their mouths. They took the saliva on the inside of their mouth. You see, in the saliva, in the spit, is actual DNA. And when Jesus spit into the blind man, he transferred the DNA into the eyes. And see, when we get the spit of God, he transfers in a restoration, he transferred his DNA, a spiritual DNA, not a natural DNA. This was a spiritual restoration. And God does the same thing when we become born again. When we become born again and filled with the Holy Spirit, God gives us a new DNA. We don't have the DNA of our natural father who has forsaken us, abandoned us, hurt us, and let us down. We receive the new DNA from our heavenly father, and we receive all the benefits that come with it. You see, this blind man had no idea the destination that he was waiting for. The restoration that was right there for him. God wants to transfer his DNA into your eyes. He wants to open up your eyes to see things that you've never seen. To change your attitude. To tame, change your attitude towards life. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven does not come with observation. The things that are seen are temporal. The things that are not seen are eternal. When Jesus transferred his DNA to us, we start to see the things that are eternal. Eternal. 
We, he gifts us with anointing. He gifts us with the Holy Spirit so that we can prophesy, so that we can have dreams and visions, so we can see past the destruction all around us, so that we can see hope where there is no hope, that we can have peace that pass all understanding, so that we can have the joy of the Lord that the devil can't touch. All these things take place when Jesus transfers his DNA into his children. And he said, he put his hands on him and Jesus asked him, asked him do you see anything? When Jesus restores us, he transfers his spiritual DNA to us. He looked up and said, I see people and they look like trees walking around. See, some people settle for just watching trees walk around. They settle for just their eyes being open, just a glimpse. And, and, and this blind person could have said, oh, I'm all good, Jesus. Thank you for opening up my eyes. The people look like trees that are blurry. I'll be happy with that. I'll take that and I'll run with it. But Jesus has total, not partway, not a glimpse, not a sliver, not a remnant. He has total restoration waiting for us. Total. He looked up and said, I see people, they look like trees walking around. If you look around and people look like trees, you're not there yet. You're, you're getting, you're on the right destination, but don't be satisfied with blurry vision. Blurry vision is better than no vision, but God has 2020. 2020 waiting for you. Once more, Jesus put his hands on the man's eyes, and then he, his eyes were opened and his sight was restored, and he saw everything clearly. Jesus sent him home saying, don't even go into the village. He sent them on a new destination. See, sometimes when you get total restoration, uh, God will not send you back to where you came. Some of you are here because God did not send you back to where you came from. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, old things become new, and all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and hath given to us a mystery of reconciliation to with that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and he hath committed us into the word of reconciliation, which means that when we get total restoration, God will send us back out into the world to aid in the restoration of other people because you know the way. And you will not be the blind leading the blind, but you will have someone that has clear vision. And God will use you.
Thanks be you, Christian Church. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me.